Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton. In the studio, guest co-host Laureen Lockhart is with me for this first segment, and I have one of my very, very favorite guests and the most handsome that I ever have on the show (laughs) but we never get to see his face. (laughs) Hall of Fame turf writer Steve Haskin is with us uh, coming up here on the Breeders' Cup weekend and uh, we're going to chat to him a little bit about some of the exciting things that are going on in racing that have actually sort of kept us going this year in this rather tumultuous 2020. Right Steve? Hey, listen, we don't have much else, right? Exactly. Uh, it's been definitely a tough year, but I think the sport of horse racing has continued to be exciting, even without spectators. And um, we've actually really enjoyed at least being able to watch and bet on the races from a distance. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Distaff and the Classic this weekend. Let's start with the girls. Um, thoughts on the duel between Monomoy Girl and Swiss Skydiver this weekend? It's going to be a barn burner. I mean, it's uh, you got two really, really tremendous fillies here. The thing with Monomoy Girl is that for all she accomplished in her career, to be brought back in racing after 18 months off is like unheard of. I mean, she could have very easily been retired and at the top of her game and gone on to be a broodmare. But to bring her back is, is unbelievable. You just don't see things like that. She's coming back. She's three for three. You know, she doesn't blow you away at the yeah, you know, She'll win by a length and a half or two lengths. But she's such a big, strong mare. And, you know, she's going to be very tough to beat. On the other hand, Swiss Skydiver, you look at the race she's coming off of. You talk about another rough and tough filly who handled, you know, the Kentucky Derby winner who would not let him get by her. And it's just a question, you know, did that, you know, did that race take anything out of her? Because she came back from that race and was blowing real hard. Mm, but, true. you know, according to Kenny McPeak and what I see on TVG in the mornings, she's full of energy. She's just amazing, considering how many racetracks she's run at this year. It's true. Now, I I'm thought they run at the same racetrack. I mean, she every race. And not only that, but you realize that if she, she has run this year, in January, February, March, somehow she missed April. May, June, July, August, September, October, and now November. I mean, you, you just don't see that anymore. And she's still at the top of her game. She's run against Colts twice. She ran a tremendous race in the bluegrass, got beat by a very good horse, an art collector. But her race in the Preakness was unbelievable. It really you know, the was. The fact that she would not let Authentic get by him. I know. She was determined. Girl power, certainly. <laughs> Did you think for a minute that he might put her in the in the classic? No. No. No, I, I, I never thought so. The classic is... Listen, there's no superstar in the classic, but you've got... You've got seven or eight really, really top-class grade one horses in there. I mean, it's a, it's a tough field. And to come back and, you know, it's tough enough for three-year-old colts to beat older horses. I mean, what you have to do is go back in the, you know, in the record books and and you can see that three-year-olds don't win the classic that often. So, I mean, you had three in a row that Baffert won, but you've had like five of the last 19 classics have been won by three-year-olds. That's true, and two and two and two and two of them were were uh, American Pharaoh and Arrogate, <laughs> who were two super horses. It's true, and two of the three before that were Curlin and Tisnow, were both in the Hall of Fame. So if you're going to beat older horses as a three-year-old, you better be a damn good horse. I'll tell you. Yeah, that's true. You're right. I was relieved to mm-hmm. see her in the distaff. I think she has a really, really good chance. 
uh, of winning that. I know that you know Monomoy Girl is going to be tough to beat, but uh, I think it's going to be that's going to be a very exciting race. And then and course, she threw the outside. She's yes. on the line of a big race on the outside, but that's true. We'll just see. You know, we'll just see if she can get position. And you know, Swiss guy that will be on the inside of her. And listen, this is not to say this is a two-horse race. There's a lot of good fillies in here. It's true. In, in fact, in fact, if you look at the thoroughgraph numbers, I don't know if you know anything about the thoroughgraph numbers. Only you know, what I re only what I read from you, Steve. <laughs> only what I read from you. <laughs> no, okay. Well, thoroughgraph numbers are like the Ragusan numbers, right. and it's what all the big time uh, gamblers use. And I, and it, you know, the thing is, the lower the number, the faster the race. And with thoroughgraph, you know, when you start getting down around zero or so, you're talking about top class horses negative numbers the more the, the higher the negative number um the faster the race anyway if you look at the thoroughgraph numbers of the fillies in the distaff and you say all right who are the two fastest fillies in the race it's not monomoy girl there's not one of them and neither swiss swiss skydiver i mean the two fastest fillies in the race on thoroughgraph are horologist in the molly pitcher at monmouth and Valiance, who beat all the Phillies in the spinster in her last start, but their numbers are slightly faster than both of those uh, top Phillies. And there are other really good Phillies in here. There's another Philly who's, who's down on the rail named Cece, who early in the year was the top Philly in the country. And they sent her, you know, she won three stakes in a row, and she looked, you know, like she was by far the best, uh, the best older Philly and mayor in the country. And then she went back to California, and the tracks were a little too deep for her. She really didn't care for it. And they brought her back to Churchill Downs. They dropped her to seven furlongs. And she ran a pretty good fourth, and one, they ran 121 flat in that race. And I think that really sharpened her. And I wouldn't be surprised to see her run a good race. I mean, some, there's some really good fillies in here. Let's jump over to the classic and talk about Bob Baffert's lineup. He's got Improbable, oh who I think is going in as the favorite. But he's also got... Maximum Security and the Derby winner Authentic. So he's got three really good shots at winning the Classic again this year. So right, and the, and the, the three of them are right next to each other on the on the outside. I know. That so should be it, exciting. it's going to make strategy very very interesting. Yes. So you know you got Maximum Security drawing on the far outside, and you got Authentic and Improbable inside of him, and. Authentic and maximum security, and knowing Baffert, they have to bust out of that gate. <laughs> they cannot afford to break slowly because no. both of them want the lead. Now, I think maximum, maximum security has more natural speed. He's got sprinter speed. Authentic doesn't. But Authentic is a horse who needs the lead. He's never won from off the pace, and he's a horse who likes to control the pace. So what I see is Baffert telling the two, the two riders, just go out there whatever you do just get out there and go to the lead and once you get into the turn and you get the lead then you two can sort of sort, you know sort each other out and uh and, and figure out what you're going to do here just don't kill each other so what i'm looking at is is authentic in front maximum security who although he has more speed he's more rateable he can rate off another horse and he's going to sit right right off his flank sitting right there Improbable will drop back to mid-pack as he did in his last start. But that was, listen, Improbable, if you're looking to to beat the favorite, now I'm not saying he's going to lose or he's vulnerable. Improbable, uh, improbable is very, very sharp right now. He is. But his last two races were unbelievable setup races. Last race in the awesome again was a five-horse field and four speed horses who went out there and just killed each other. And he sat back in fifth. And he made a big sweeping move to get the lead. But he did it through a 26 quarter. And that's really slow. That's why he made such a big move. And then he came home the last eighth in 13 and 2, which is not very fast. Steve, so always, th th always. 39 and change three eighths. Always the so fastest. So that made me look better. And then it was just the a reverse in Whitney. <laughs> but they went really, really slow early. And he was right up on the pace and came home fast. Steve, it's always the fastest 10 minutes on my show. Uh, tuna casserole time. Thank you so much for filling <laughs> us in with your expertise, and we always love having you on the show. Enjoy your dinner.
Well, thank you very much. Steve has to Watch out for Tom's Detail in the classic, though. Oh, I will. Secretariat.com <laughs> Hall of Fame turf writer Steve Haskin. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show. Stay with us. Back on the second segment of the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio. Got a guest co-host here with me and she's going to be our guest for this second segment, Laureen Lockhart. She is with the Florida Transformation Thoroughbred Expo. And I'm excited to have her back, and also with Run for the Ribbons. Yes. Laurie, to be here. <laughs> I know that you've been doing the Run for Ribbons show series and the um, thoroughbreds there at your farm, at Cedarlock Farm, for quite a long time. Tell us a little bit how that got started. That got started when I moved down um, to Florida from Massachusetts in 2000. I moved down here in 2010, actually, but I started the run for the ribbons in 2014. After competing on one of my own thoroughbreds at the local shows, I realized how many non-thoroughbreds there are and that I thought, you know, the thoroughbreds really needed their own show to showcase their um, versatility. They are very versatile. As a hunter thing. jumper person, we started the, um, the organization as a hunter jumper show exclusively for thoroughbreds. The following year, after our first year being a success, we expanded that to all breeds and then also opened up the part of the actual rescue where we take in horses, we rescue them, we retrain them, we rehab them. So the actual aftercare part of the organization came together in 2015 after our first year of shows. Now how it's rewarding. all history since then. And you've then, been yeah. involved in racing too, right? My whole life, yeah. I grew up in the racing industry and um, that's really what drove me to do this because thoroughbreds have given me everything in life. You know, there's been, we, we, um, we bred and raced Asqueenie, who's the richest New England bred racehorse in all of Ooh, history. That's awesome. And she's actually retired at the farm. She doesn't do anything anymore. She doesn't she have to have babies. That. Yeah, she <laughs> loves it. And so for me, they, they've just given me everything. And I always saw the horses as a hobby for my grandfather. And that's something that 
was instilled in me. And so even though I chose to do horse race horses as a business, I stayed true to my morals. And I always put the horse first, both on the track, after the track. And it just grew. That passion grew into Run for the Ribbons. And it's become a full-time thing. You know, it's fun. Now, a few years ago, I think we're in our fourth year now yeah. of the Transformation Expo. Tell us a little bit about how Run Run for the Ribbons kind of went that next step. We went to the next step. Um, after a lot of deliberation, we talked to um, the Retired Racehorse Project, and we got their support. He helped us out with everything as far as what, you know, what worked there first, you know, what we should avoid, and that really helped us get going. And ours is different from theirs because the Retired, the retired Racehorse Project makeover is all... Um, within three, I think it's within two or three years off the track. Whereas ours, it can be any registered thoroughbred. They don't have to be retired recently. They can have been 10 years off the track. We also include unraced thoroughbreds, which in this area, I thought that that was something we really needed to have with the sales company right there. There's so many horses that, you know, whether it's an injury or just too slow, that never make it to the races. And we want to have our expo be an area where they can go and compete and be rewarded for taking on the challenge of a thoroughbred and giving them a second chance. It's really so. exciting. <laughs> That's a totally perfect fit. And it's nice awesome. that it doesn't exclude horses that, you know, may have been... Because if you have a horse that goes to the breeding shed and then doesn't produce anything, and at some point the people decide to stop breeding her, then what happens? You know, yeah. she could go back easily and have another career yeah. uh, after that. Exactly. I mean, even the ones, you know, the older horses that have sat, most of them, when you pull them out of a field and start working with them, they're happy to happy to have a job and to go back to work. You know, you get the occasional that prefers for farm life just and like retired life but <laughs> but for the most part especially the thoroughbreds they have such a good work ethic and it shows you know and that's one of the reasons i love the breed so much and so tell us what sports <laughs> we see at the um at the florida thoroughbred transformation expo what what sports will we see thoroughbreds competing we will see polo cross country um dressage hunters jumpers there is a freestyle, which kind of anything, you can do anything there. There's barrel racing. I was going to say, I think there's barrel yep, racing, isn't there? Which is always fun. Then there's the working ranch. And then new to this year is the showmanship. Last year we tried in hand. And after, after that experience, we decided we want the horses coming into the ring a little more a little more um, mannered and showmanship is completely new to me but one of our board of directors that's her background and she says they get a pattern they have to be disciplined they have to follow this pattern and so we thought that that would be a cool route to do and then it encourages the ones that can't necessarily canter or be competitive in the the more the more um physically demanding disciplines they can come out and just look pretty and <laughs> hopefully behave <laughs> so that'll be interesting and yeah i think so I think dates it's all for of dates <laughs> for this uh, event and location and and spectators welcome at spectators this are welcome mm -hmm. free the event is free for spectators it's free parking there will be a vendor area um this year we are limiting because of covid we are going to limit the vendor area it will be only equine related um vendors this year which is we thought, you know, just that that would be best with everyone. And then um, it's December 11th to the 13th, Friday to Saturday. Sunday is going to be the uh, finals. So only the top six horses in each discipline will come back and compete on Sunday. Wow. And then um, one of the new things we added this year also were junior incentives. We decided because we um, had to combine the open and the restricted format of last year, to make one division in each discipline that we wanted to give the junior riders an incentive. And so there's extra prize money for the juniors, there's extra ribbons and prizes. It, so that's really cool because I feel like the youth are the future, you yeah, know? Yeah. It, they're gonna mm -hmm. be our future and taking on especially, I remember growing up and like getting off my pony and having to, having to be on a thoroughbred that the next step and I probably went through about seven of my mom's thoroughbreds before we found one that was actually suitable for me. But as a kid, like, that's a big challenge, and I think these kids need to be rewarded. If they're going to put in that work and ride hard, 
I think they need to be rewarded for taking on that challenge because it's not hard. It's not easy to to go from a quieter horse to yes. a thoroughbred. I did the same so. thing as a child from, but I went from sort of a naughty pony to a thoroughbred, so it was you know similar. Yeah, yeah a similar experience. <laughs> So 9000 in prize money. 9000 in prize money, yep. Um, it ends up being distributed 1000 per discipline. Um, first place gets 300 Don't really have the Break exact down. breakdown yes. from there. Mm -hmm. um, we do $100 to the top junior rider in each discipline, and then $100 to the top amateur rider, which we feel is good because there's going to be professionals competing against amateurs. And that's nice. just a little more of an incentive for the amateur riders to come out and compete against the pros as well. Lovely. So registration still open or closed now? Registration is open. Um, we had, an, I think our website said the 6th, but then looking at that date, we realized it fell on a Friday. So we did extend that to this Sunday. Um, okay. So registration is open till Sunday and still and how many room. signed up so far so far we've got 23 signed up which is pretty good for this the, the week <laughs> of entries closing because i feel like last year i was thinking well it's a little smaller than last year and then the last few days all the entries came in and we ended up having i think it was 90 something entered last year and by the time horses had scratched we ended up with 86 horses compete by the time we got to the show day so we're we're anticipating you know close to 100 horses this year wow which awesome. will be fun and that's <laughs> at the florida horse park at the florida horse we park. love the florida yes. horse park yeah laureen we um that segment went by fast as well yes thank you so much for being with us you can find out more information at your website right for the ribbons.org yes Run for the ribbons.org you can yeah. find out more information spectators welcome come watch it's actually great i've been and uh, it's wonderful to watch these thoroughbreds um, whether they're off the track, out of the breeding shed, or out of someone's field, uh, t totally be transformed and be able to compete in a number of different equestrian sports. So we'll be back in just a few minutes with Dr. Chaot. He's going to be talking about winter weather preparations for you and your horse. Back on the Horse Talk Show, stay with us. This show is presented by Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the host talk show are not necessarily that of Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard owner of Larson Farms is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. I'm sitting here with Dr. Adam Kayot, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some cold weather concerns that we have with our horses. Uh, Tom said to me, uh, where else can you have four seasons in a week? And uh, we had four seasons last week. We had leaves falling. We had 80 degree weather. Then we had absolutely freezing cold and we had rain. Um, so we really had a combination of all of those. And that's not easy on a horse. Um, they, they can't adjust as fast and especially if they're living outdoors and the temperature's dramatically changing, maybe they're not drinking as much, uh, things change. So I'm going to talk to Dr. Adam Kayot now about the things that he sees that concern him the most with horses when we have this uh, change in weather so rapidly. 
Right. Well, well, the, typically the the main thing we see in a huge fluc- fluctuation of of you know warm to cold weather is that horses don't drink. They just stop. They don't drink. And why don't they drink? Well, I think that part of the reason they don't drink is it's not as hot, so they aren't expending. They aren't sweating. They aren't you know they aren't being uh, in you know their body's not telling them they need to drink as much. Um, the other thing is. I think on some horses, horses are kind of prima donnas, some of them. So <laughs> the water gets cold. They don't want to stick their nose in the water, you know, especially when they, you know, they're used to a Florida kind of thing where the water's never really cold. Um, so that discourages them from um, drinking. Then on top of that, typically in the winter, horse owners are feeding more hay, more dry forage. The grass has less you know, less moisture in it. Everything leads to them not intaking as much moisture. When that happens, as the food stuff travels through the digestive system and moisture gets pulled out of it um, by the body, then you have classic setup for colic and impaction type colic specifically. Um, It's classic. Uh, I see it all the time. I'm actually dealing with a a patient currently that I looked at last night, same thing. Um, so what I tell people is if you're, if, if depending on what kind of hay you feed, that's great. Even in the winter months, you may want to just wet it down. Even if you haven't before, um, try to avoid, if you can just throwing a big round bale of hay out, that's free choice. Some a lot of horses do just fine on it. But a lot of them overeat and they don't drink enough, especially in the winter months. And it's just prime time for for impaction colics. Um, Comment there on the on the hay. Something that I've been doing for years and seems to work is if you buy the compressed bale of alfalfa, especially if you feed alfalfa, the compressed bale, they really have to work hard to get it's like a block i mean it's you know you could you could knock someone out on it and and if it really is hard to get it so they have to eat it slowly so if you want them to have something out there and they can have alfalfa that slow feed block is all the slow feed bags also work the hay bags if you don't want them to eat too much and then you can hose that down right that, that's a very good point the, you know the if they can eat smaller you know take smaller bites and they're not gorging number one it takes them longer so they get through the it take they eat less during the day because it takes them longer as opposed to your typical round bell where they can just basically bury their head into it and you know never come up for air you know so they're like you know smorgasbording it out you know all day long um so yeah that's a very good point um and and the other thing I, I I tell people to do is if they if they don't have a, a salt lick available, to have a salt lick available because if they're licking on the salt that will encourage them to to drink you know afterwards, and and try to get you know as much fluids in them as as you can. Um, a, a lot of people don't like this because it makes a mess, but I actually make my horses feed into a porridge night and morning every day and when it's cold I put warm water so that they they and then I know that when they ate they got a big wet slop and then I also add a pinch of salt in their feed night and morning when it gets cold as well so there's a couple things that I've tried they seem to be working so that's good right absolutely any of those things that encourage them to you know to to intake more water is is the name of the game you know that way I'm not either a having to pump water through an NG tube or giving IV fluids you know and that sort of thing and and you know you know what they say an ounce of prevention right goes a long way so um, any any of those things that you can do, um, that's great. Um, so I, I would encourage horse owners to be aware of that, think of that, and and think of these guys that are especially living down here when it can be 80 degrees and then two days later it's 29 degrees. You know, it it it, it really is. It's kind of difficult on them, and um, I think I think horse owners need to be you know, cognizant of that and, and, and not just think, 
oh, they're fine kind of deal. So just just be aware of everything that you can do as far as that goes. Yes, I know. I speak to people who say to me, oh, it's going to be terribly cold tonight. I'm doubling up on the hay. And they're out there giving the horses because it does warm them up. Munching on the hay keeps them their metabolism going and it keeps them warmer. But the problem is if you go and increase or double hay and they've then reduced the amount of water they're drinking, you're going to get very, very much dry and uh, in, through the bowels going to get very dry, right? So then you're worried about the impaction. How many, is it a good percentage of impaction colics that you can resolve at the farm if they caught early enough? Or do you see a lot of those impaction colics have to come in to the hospital? I would say over 90% you can resolve at the farm. So um, just depending on how bad they're blocked, you know, and that, that can, that goes through the exam and the, you know, the, the, the symptoms that the horse or horse is giving, but um 90 probably over 90 percent of of those types of colics can be resolved in the at the farm it might take a couple days but um you certainly don't have to um you know take it in take the horse into the clinic at at uh you know at all the time obviously um i'm dealing with this one i looked at it yesterday i'm going to look at it today and you know i expect this horse to fully recover it's just going to take you know a little while so that's that that's the you know that's the nuts and bolts of the whole thing. But, um, you know, it some things to look out for with an impaction colic. Obviously, the horse could be rolling around, thrashing around, um, trying to get comfortable. Anything else that you you might note to, to indicate that that's coming on so you can catch it quick and get the vet quick? Right. Well, the, the, the main thing is they they may be depending on, you know, their their pain level. But most impactions are not they don't show that severe of a pain response. They might just be laying down more. They might just curl their lip, you know, just show mild uh, signs of discomfort. Just kind of, you know, I always say, well, it's kind of like, you know, if, if you're, if a person can't use the bathroom, you know, and you just kind of feel, bleh, you know, you don't, you don't feel great. That's kind of the way they are. They aren't really painful they're just kind of blah and you might think well they aren't eating they're just they might be kind of depressed you know that sort of thing so so um that's your typical sign it's not necessarily the violent pawing down the, the thrashing may be more a, a gas colic right, perhaps right, right. an impaction might be more it might be more sedate right. but a little more depressed right. and and like you said that curling lip is a sign of of discomfort for sure Absolutely. So, you know, those are all things to be aware of. And, and I don't mean to change the subject, but you talking about them eating the hay and keeping warm. That's another thing that people don't see very often down here is, and when they do, it can be uh, rather alarming, is horses, when they do get cold, they shiver, right? They'll shiver and shake. And I've had, I've you know, over my 18 years, almost 19 years, I've had people call He's standing there shaking. Well, he's shaking because he's cold. He's just there, you know, the horse is shivering and they will do that. So be aware, think of that. Even though we're in we're in Florida, if it gets down to 29 degrees, the horses we have down here don't have the coats that they have in Minnesota. You know, you don't see that up there because they have coats to keep, you know, their hair keeps them warm. And and that's especially happens if it happens to rain and they get wet. And then it gets chilly, like today would be a day that that, that would happen if it rained on them and then they're going to start, they're going to start shaking. So if you see that, think, oh, it's kind of chilly and, and particularly the horse is wet, that's them shivering. So try to warm them up, put a blanket on and you know, try to, try to do that. And, and if you can provide a shelter in the field, if your horses are turned out, that's what I do for my old boys. So they have somewhere they can get under. Got to wrap this one up with Dr. Kayot here at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Nirvana Ocala's premier medical spa is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you.
At All In Removal, we offer the best service and highest quality products. Whether you need fine shavings, large flake, a custom blend, or even bag shavings, we have the bedding and removal services you need. We use only reliable late model trucks, and our team of drivers are courteous, respectful, and hardworking. We train our staff to the high standards we are famous for, and our customer service team prides themselves on being experts on our products and an advocate for our customers, helping them to maximize the value they receive. If quality and service matter, give us a try today. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to FeedDAC.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> with your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of old right. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio. We've got a couple of people here for the, uh, for the next segment. Nice to have guests in the studio with us. Paulette, we want to say hi. We're missing you, uh, and we're looking forward to having you back next week. But we're going to start off with the news, first of all. From around the horse world, we've got to start off by mentioning Pulse Center of Ocala because I have not got there in the last couple of weeks. And believe me, my body is talking to me. All equestrians should visit Pulse Center of Ocala regularly because if not, your body will hurt like mine does now. The last couple of weeks have been rather busy and I haven't been able to get in. And when I get back from Kentucky, that's my first stop. So if you want some really, really good PEMF therapy, Pulse Center of Ocala, you can find them on a website, tell them you heard it on the Horse Talk Show, and you'll get a free demo. You'll love it. I fall asleep. Uh, but back to Horseween, what a great event that was uh, last week at the downtown market. I'm going to share a few photos if you're joining us on Facebook, and um, you can check out some of the fun that we had uh, with our four-legged friends, and it certainly was a wonderful event. Uh, it was actually our first fundraiser for the new Equine Disaster Fund that we've started and uh, that's to help people out at difficult times like the pandemic when perhaps they can't keep a horse because of uh, financial difficulties either from a layoff or um, some kind of a problem like related to that and uh, certainly helping to fundraise to give them feed and hay, give certificates or even a visit to the vet if they need it and have all of that covered. So we started our fundraising efforts. We had the stagecoach authentic 1859 stagecoach downtown. Um, horses dressed in all sorts of wonderful costumes. Everybody made a really big effort. Lots of kids in costumes, um, competitions, and that was presented by uh, Miller & Sons Plumbing, uh, which is a wonderful local company that's involved in our community and loves to make sure everybody has a great time. And, and that's part of our equine initiative at the CEP, which is sponsored by Piranha Inc. And that, of course, is the national um, fly spray company biggest and best in the country by far and most effective and um, just some real beautiful um, efforts uh, made because I'm the director that's why I love that <laughs> uh, really uh, a great event fantastic going to be an annual event from now on so we're looking forward to that a quick mention for stirrups and strides um, a wonderful therapeutic riding center having their event this year uh, as a raffle because of so, so many um, difficulties with organizing events and fundraisers. So you can actually join this on December 5th. Um, there's a grand prize of $5,000 and um, they're going to have this random prize drawings throughout the Facebook Live. 
that they're going to do at 4 p.m. So please join them. Tickets are $100 each, and um, it's a reverse raffle fundraiser this, this year. So please uh, help them when you can. Really a wonderful therapeutic riding center. Very, very beneficial to the kids, adults, veterans involved in that program. Going to talk a little bit um, about how the Breeders' Cup weekend is associated with Ocala. We've always got lots of things to be proud of. We've got 12 actual Florida breds in the $31 million race of weekends, but we've actually got some OBS grads as well. As you can see, if you're joining us on Facebook, uh, quite a list um, of grads that came out of the Ocala Breeder Sales sales ground so very exciting of course we'll be watching them tracking their success and hopefully see some wins uh, what's very exciting is even in the um, the distaff uh, we have Swiss skydiver uh, running against Monomoy girl both who trained here by the way uh, abracadabra Barry Buckelhammer started Swiss skydiver and she also spent some time at the Summerfield training center with Dominic Brennan and uh, Monomoy girl trained at Paul Sharp stables here so very exciting and then, uh, going on to the classic, of course, the big race, where we see the, the different age groups competing against each other. Authentic, who won the Derby, trained here with Eddie Woods at his training center, uh, which is very exciting. Tis the Law, trained at a new episode uh, with the Everard family. Another great uh, fast horse. Maximum Security, trained here with Jeff Kirk. And I'm sure that we can track the rest of them back here somehow. But anyway, you know you're always watching a superstar. Uh, and I was just talking to Nick Demerick today, and he has six horses in, uh, in the races this weekend. So lots and lots of um, exciting stuff. At 2 p.m. on Saturday, if you join us on Facebook, we have our special broadcast presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, where you'll be able to hear from Eddie Woods and some of the other local trainers and how they felt about training these horses. And i um, really excited about that seminal feed all-in removal. The CEP and Derby City Couture sponsored that special broadcast. And again, that will be 2 o'clock on Facebook at the Horse Talk Show. Uh, we talked a little bit about um, Bob Baffert earlier with Steve Haskin and him having really some incredible horses in this race. So uh, he may be the winner again. Uh, the U.S. Equestrian Federation pleased to announce that Mars Equestrian will be the title sponsor of the Tryon International three-day event, which, of course, those dates were going to be here at the Ocala Jockey Club, but were moved, and that runs November 12th to the 15th, so Mars is on board supporting that. The USEF is unsure of how to handle the new WEC show system with the National Snaffle Bit Association. Um, which is going to regulate most January to March competitions at the new WEC facility, including a $250,000 Grand Prix running on the same weekend as the $1 million. The USCF isn't quite sure how to handle this or how to deal with it, and riders aren't sure yet about whether they will be in hot water and perhaps get suspended if they compete there, especially if they're heading to the Olympics or one of those larger competitions. So things to be cons concerned about. Um, the FEI did approve having WEC host the USA's only qualifier for the nation's cup final, um, but it can't go forward March 16th to the 23rd without their final approval, and that has not been received at this time. So a little bit of an interesting situation that was posted in the Horse World News today, so we'll be following that. The Badminton Horse Trials held in Gloucestershire, England, has announced the decision to run the 2021 edition with limited spectators due to COVID-19. We certainly were hoping that all of this would be over by then, um, but they did release a statement letting us know that could change as um, the time progresses. So hopefully we'll, um, we'll see that change later on. Epsom Derby winner Anthony Van Dyke was euthanized after breaking a fetlock in the closing stages of the 2020 Melbourne Cup in Australia. Very sad this week. Prayers and thoughts going out to all connected. We certainly have seen a lot less racing accidents with Santa Anita actually having a completely clean racing season with no fatalities. Um, we're always sad to hear this and see this. So um, I'm just thankful that certainly this year we've seen a lot less of it. So again, sympathies to the trainer, the family owners and all connected. More than 50 films from 16 countries 
celebrating the horse are being screened this year in the Equus Film and Arts Festival and it will all be done virtually. I know you'll be able to watch it from your home this year and organisers will host Zoom interviews with more than 30 filmmakers and 50 authors as well as artists, podcasters and bloggers. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot going on in the horse world despite the pandemic. Um, we're very excited that we're actually going to have Emma Cannon and Chandler Reed Mulvaney to chat to us for the next two segments before we close out the show. So we're going to talk a little bit about 4-H and some of the wonderful programs involved with that and how kids can get involved with Equicentric. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show. Stay with us. Happy, healthy horses live in fly-free barns. Don't allow annoying flies and mosquitoes to cause disease and health issues getting between you and your horse's happiness and health. Get your fly misting system now from Acres Pest Control. With over 20 years of pest control experience, family owned, licensed and insured. Get your free inspection with Acres, the best for your acres. Check them out now at acrespestcontrol.com. That's A-K-E-R-S pestcontrol.com. Acres Pest Control offers a variety of professional pest control services for farm owners, residential and commercial customers. Control pests, fire ants, mosquitoes, rodents and more. Also offering fly misting systems with speedy response, friendly service and effective pest control techniques. No contracts and affordable, effective pest control. Acres, A-K-E-R-S, is the best for your acres. Check them out now at acrespestcontrol.com. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. The Equine Performance Center Ocala with numerous success stories and featuring the most advanced equine conditioning and rehab equipment available in the world today is striving to be the best in the nation. Find them on the web at epcrehab.com and like them on Facebook now. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. That, by the way, is me in Idaho. I'm ready to go back. <laughs> I'm Louisa Barton in the studio. I have Emma Cannon and Chandler Mulvaney here uh, with the Extension Office. Thank you both for being with us. Uh, it's lovely. I ran into you at Horse Ween, and I've got you here in the studio. Yes, it's great, yeah. and thank you to uh, Ashley Reagan, who, by the way, we moved everything around to add her in another segment, <laughs> and then she didn't come, but it's okay. We can have her back anytime. Um, but actually, Ashley's the one who sort of connected me, and we got to talking a little bit about 4-H, so I'm going to let you guys take it away and talk a little bit about 4-H youth development. Sure. So um, thanks for having us, by the way. We're, we're really happy to be here. I love how you match. Yeah. You have matching <laughs> hair, matching eyes, and matching shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's good. Just, just <laughs> happened by chance. Um, <laughs> but we're really happy to be here. And um, kind of funny story. We, uh, we're looking at ways to engage with the community over the last couple of weeks. And we actually found your website and so submitted a request to be on your show. And I think about that same time as when you reached out to Ashley and Ooh. Somehow the connection was made, so Perfect. just happy to be here. Good but, timing, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so 4-H is a nationwide program, and it's actually the largest youth development program in the country. Um, and Florida is very blessed to have about 200,000 4-Hers all across the state. Wow, that's um, a lot. It is a lot, yeah, yes ma'am. Um, and Marion County, specifically, uh, is one of the largest 4-H programs in the state. Um, that so makes sense. Yes. Yeah. We're kind of four-legged friendly here, aren't we? Yes, of <laughs> course. Yeah, yeah. So we have about 1,000 4-Hers uh, across 50 4-H clubs, um, and we cater to youth ages 8 to 18 in the community. Um, so for those watching, if you're interested in joining 4-H, um, 
if you're interested in any type of programs related to, to horse or not, uh, then we're really the, the right program for your 4-H'er. That's wonderful. So um, tell us about you, Emma. What's your role? So I have a really big background in plant science, and Chandler has a really big background in livestock. In plant um, science? In plant science, You mean like yes. you can keep plants alive because I kill everything <laughs> I touch? Yeah. Yes, yes. We actually have a, a program right now called Garden Army, and there's a bunch of wonderful, cute little kids who are growing radishes at the Extension Office and learning all about plants and how they grow and what they need to, to be healthy and feed us. And so we are, we're doing a lot with that. Um, we're excited for all that we've done this year. It's coming to a, kind of a, a close as we head towards Christmas and then we'll get started back again with our Southeastern Youth Fair. Um, we have a lot of kids that will show horses in that fair coming up in February. And what sort of um, equestrian showing do they do? Um, they do, do, they do a, a number of different disciplines? They do. They have um, just about every discipline you can think of. Um, and it's just for 4-H'er members and FFA members in Marion County. So any of those members are eligible to show in the Southeastern Youth Fair. Yeah. So talking kind of about the beginnings of 4-H, it's been around for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like the early 1900s mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that? Yeah, <laughs> quite, quite a long time, yeah. And 4-H and, and is, is really fascinating in how it got started. And um, specific to Florida, we began in Marion County as one of the first three 4-H programs back in 1909. Um, and since then, we've been really tremendous, um, tremendously blessed with the amount of resources and volunteers. Um, at one time, I think we had um, close to a thousand volunteers. That was back in, the, I think, the 1970s, 1980s. Um, and right now, we've got about 200 adult volunteers that those are kind of our experts. So um, you mentioned Ashley and several others in the community. Um, Emma and I are kind of facilitators, so we help uh, create opportunities and, and chances for youth to grow and experience new opportunities. Um, but our adult volunteers, they're the ones that they're, you know, at the hands-on level, kind of digging in the dirt, um, providing that, that, um, that those, those knowledge-based resources for our kids. Wonderful. Now, yeah. do kids have their own horses? Some of them do. Um, you don't have to have a horse to be in 4-H. That's the wonderful thing about it is you can have a horse, you can just be interested in horses, or you can know nothing about horses, and we will teach you all that we know. Um, there is a lot of different competitions that you can compete in, all the way from hippology to being in a horse show to horse judging. Uh, horse quiz bowl, horse public speaking. Um, so a lot of our uh, members, I think, in Equicentric this year, our first meeting is tomorrow night. Uh, so we're excited to see everyone for the first time. I think they're really going to be some of our beginning level 4-H members and horses, and they're going to learn some of the basics. And then hopefully throughout the years, we'll step them up into maybe um, riding lessons or, or competing in a horse show. We have a couple of 4-H horse shows around the state. They're area shows, and then they go on to compete at the statewide horse show for 4-H. So you don't have to have a horse, which is really the exciting thing. Um, I know a lot of people just love horses and want to learn as much as they can about them. So this would be a great place for those kinds of people. Yeah, I was actually delighted to hear that one in three American households either wants a horse, wishes mm. they had a horse, or wants to have some kind of interaction with horses. Wow, yeah. One in three. I mean, mm. that's, you know. That's, that's tremendous, a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what's cool about 4-H is there are a lot of kids who want to be involved with horses, but they can't necessarily afford it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's wonderful that, you know, there's a way that they can get involved mm -hmm. and, and kind of try it and dabble in it. And, and actually, I have lots of other things to talk to you about for my day job involved with that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, so your, what, tell me what your role is, Chandler. You're involved. You mentioned it sure. a, a little bit. In yes, ma'am. Yeah, so, so Emma and I actually both are considered what's called extension agents. Um, and we work specifically with 4-H and youth development here in Marion County. Um, and extension um, began with, uh, was it the... I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes, it's I okay. <laughs> I was hoping you'd chime in. But, um, it, it, it began, I think, back in the 1850s or 1860s with the uh, Land Grant Act, correct? Mm -hmm. um, and so that established the Cooperative Extension Network all across the United States. So every state has an extension network of extension professionals like Emma and myself. Um, and then we work on behalf of taxpayers, on behalf of universities such as University of Florida, um, which is one of the land grants in the state of Florida. Um, 
on creating those opportunities, whether it's with youth um, or meeting the needs of, say, cattle producers or um, maybe there's um, a manure management issue on a local horse farm. Um, we're put in those communities to help provide solutions to those needs. We're kind of like the trickle-down effect. So UF does yeah. a lot of research and then we disseminate that knowledge to the local community. Whether it be about uh, positive youth development with horse programming, we would then train volunteers such as Ashley into those programs that UF has deemed most important or the best for those kids and then Ashley would then teach those things to her club. Um, we have some agents in our office who do um, horses with landscaping, like the best landscaping for your, um, your horse area, your house. And so there's all kinds of different things involved with livestock, with, involved with equine, not just for kids. So Cooperative Extension um, is a great place to check, to, to see what's going on. Wow. Yeah. What a wonderful job to have. Yeah, yeah. We, we're really helping people. Solutions to improve your life is yeah. basically what we're all about. And yeah. how do you find your volunteers? Um, well, we're, we're really blessed in this community for volunteers to come to us. Um, but we are constantly looking for new volunteers. So if you're interested in specifically working with 4-H, then we are more than happy to, to welcome you to our program. Um, but a lot of the times we are seeking opportunities such as this. Um, so trying to go to events like Horse of Ween or um, just get engaged in the community with CEP as well. Yeah, that was a yeah. perfect fit. Mm -hmm. yes, was we a work in a lot of schools as well. So some of, our, uh, some of our volunteers are teachers and they involve their classrooms in different projects, whether it be equine or gardening, um, you name it. And so they're also a really great source of volunteers. That's wonderful. Okay, so hold that thought. Um, we are going to go to our last break and we're going to actually come back, Chandler and Emma, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Equicentric. I just love that name. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet. We'll be right back. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala. Experience the difference in buying. Palm makes it simple with no pressure, the best sales staff, and lots of inventory. Experience the difference at Palm Chevy in Ocala or online at palmchevrolet.com. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the final segment this week of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio. I have uh, a couple of people, actually I just made friends with at Horseween last week, uh, Emma Cannon and Chandler Mulvaney, and uh, that was a wonderful event. You guys were in the perfect place for all those kids to be around, and uh, uh, wonderful, but we are going to switch it up a little bit and talk about how Equicentric is kind of like a, I guess, a piece that comes off what you do, right? And then Ashley Reagan, who, don't be mad at me, Ashley, I miscommunication on how many people were coming <laughs> and all of that. But anyway, we gave you a second segment. So Ashley Reagan, this is your segment. <laughs> yeah, so we have about 50 different clubs, and our clubs are really how kids get involved in 4-H, and Equicentric is one of those clubs, and that is a completely horse-centered, focused club, um, and we have two wonderful volunteers, a leader and a co-leader, and they are planning to teach the kids everything that they need to know about being the best horseman. And so is this a new group, the Equicentric? 
Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so it was actually established last year, and um, we have two to three horse-specific clubs in Marion County, 4-H. Um, and the beautiful thing about 4-H is it establishes an opportunity for them to learn from their leaders and from us as 4-H agents those critical life skills. I, I think I saw in one of your commercials at the beginning of the show that I think it was like 21,000 jobs are related to the horse industry in Marion County. Yes, that's horse farms um, forever. Yeah, yes. yeah, and, and so creating you know uh, those those skills that connect back to a potential career that they may, might have, um, communication skills, just like us being here tonight, learning how to run an effective meeting, but then also with those volunteers connecting in, you know, okay, how do I properly feed my horse at a specific time of the year? Um, so getting to the kind of nitty gritty of of horse-specific projects. Wow, how wonderful. Now, how, how often will Equicentric meet? About once a month. Um, a lot of our clubs meet about once a month. They can meet more than that if they so choose. And this is our first meeting tomorrow night, actually at 6 <laughs> o'clock at the Extension office. So if we have anyone listening who's interested, actually 5 years old to 18 years old, um, they are more than welcome to come. And there's a Zoom link if, if you're more comfortable doing that and watching from your house. But we would just love to get as many kids involved. Um, there's so many different things to do with the equine industry in Marion County. And so we're excited to have two wonderful leaders to introduce them to the world of, of equine in Marion County. Yes, it certainly is. And you know, one of the things that part of my day job with the CEP as the equine director, one mm. of the things that we've come across that's such a, in my opinion, a serious problem is that the next generation of kids coming up aren't having enough outside time and you know time in sort of rural type mm -hmm. you know uh, pastimes and interests mm -hmm. and with horse riding it often is if somebody wants to compete at a high level it's often very expensive to own a horse board mm -hmm. a horse train a horse feed a horse all sure. of those things so how we can get this generate and we were actually just talking about like FFA and different Betsy and I were actually Betsy from Larson Farms yeah. and I were just talking about that you know any anything that can get kids involved more with the horse world or being outdoors or growing a garden or being around cows or anything is a is a positive you know getting them away from these things mm. you know and outside mm. and and I think that's and especially in our area Marion County being the ho real horse capital of the world. I shouldn't say that because I'm going to Lexington tomorrow. I might be in trouble. <laughs> but um, being in the real horse capital of the world, the trademarked one, um, uh, you know, I feel like it's even more important that we get kids involved because there's so many wonderful jobs and opportunities for them mm -hmm. that they might never even know about if they didn't have that sure. opportunity to be, you know, involved. And I think 4-H is one of those wonderful ways that you can get kids into something they can afford and mm. still get the, all these opportunities and learn how amazing it is to be around horses. Exactly, and, and I think one of the really amazing things about 4-H is that even if you don't have a horse or if you do have a horse, we cater to all audiences, but um, if you uh, don't have a horse, then you can take that passion for horses and learning about the horse community, whether that's local or at a state level, um, and maybe you can do a little bit of research on a problem or an issue in your community and go give a speech on it, um, but still have that exposure, like you mentioned, to yeah. um, you know, some of those horse farms or horse connections or maybe even being able to, to meet with you and, and come on your show as a 4-H'er. I'm sure well, that would... We'd love to have yeah. some of the kids on. Yeah, <laughs> okay, if you awesome. get some that feel confident you know, about coming, absolutely. I'll be more okay. than happy to have my love. I've had a couple of really great kids on the show before. And I was like, whew, blown away. <laughs> I'm sure. uh, Betty yeah. Gray from Stirrups and Strides actually brought okay. one of her girls who won, who won a medal uh, oh, wow. in. And, and she was fantastic, mm. you know, and she had um, diagnosed with autism. Mm. But she, was, she did mm -hmm. great. She was so excited. And the two times I had her on the show, the first time she was like, you know, kind of shy, like, oh, I've never sure. done this before. The second time, she, I couldn't stop her talking. She mm. was fantastic. And she was so excited about having one. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love it. I think yeah. if we can encourage them and let them yeah. have their moment uh, in the spotlight, mm. you know. To and that's really what we want to encourage the kids to do is to learn these life skills because one day they're going to get a job, you know. They're going to be able to speak in front of their peers at work or, or have to make a budget or have to manage their time efficiently. And so we can use yes. horses as the driver to make them learn these life <laughs> skills that they may not realize they're learning at the time, then then what a wonderful and fun way to learn all these important things in life that we don't even know that we need to know as a kid. 
It's wonderful. Definitely. So for more information, where should people go? Website? Yeah, so you can um, follow us on Facebook at Marion County Florida 4H. Um, and then you can also follow us on Instagram at 4H Marion County. Okay. Um, we don't have a fully functioning website at this time, um, but you can also contact our office uh, just by calling 352-671-8400. And we do have three horse shows coming up. One is January the 16th at the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion. That is the 4-H show. And then the Southeastern Youth Fair, of course, any 4-H or FFA member can participate. And then in late April, we have our area show. And if you advance on to states after area, then you'll have one more. So Wow. Lots nice of opportunities. Full, uh, yeah, full resume. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so any last thing you want to add for our listeners? If you have any interest in horses, if you're a little girl who just wants a pony, I think that that is great. All the way up to you're competing and you're doing shows all over the place. We are here for you at any level, and we would love to have your expertise and to share that with younger kids and help you grow as a professional and as a person. Wonderful. Yeah. I, I don't you think I could have said it You love what you do, right? <laughs> no. no. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you two have a passion. Yes, ma'am. You yeah, have absolutely definitely. a passion for what you do. I think that's, that's fantastic. And you obviously, you love it. So yeah. I think that's yes, wonderful. Um, we are about to wrap it up and um, really just want to remind you to um, to tune in Saturday, 2 o'clock, uh, on Facebook at the Horse Talk Show, and you can uh, listen to our very special features on the Ocala Marion County area connections to the richest weekend in horse racing, $31 million in races that weekend with so many connections. Uh, over 25 horses involved, either born here, connected here in some way, and trained here. So we hope you enjoy that broadcast. Whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around. Until next time.